Let's get back to the basic understanding that the orientation of fasting is that anything we perceive to be as necessary as the Lord can be set to the side. Okay. So like anything in my life, and for some people it is food, for other people it is drink, for some people it is caffeine or something like that. But like anything that I think is sustaining me based on my own just examine of my life, Yep. Fasting is giving that up to say, God, I need you more. Friends, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Aaron Richards. I am uh, your host for today's show, and I'm joined here in the illustrious Damascus Media Studio by my friends and brothers in Christ, Mr. Dan Demite. Hello, hello. Yes, yes, and, yes. And Brad Pierin. Yes, sir. Good to see you. Illustrious is not five, used enough. It's just not used enough. On today I agree. Too. Yeah. Uh, wh- thank you for joining us in the middle of our Lenten Relentless series. And uh, it's this has been an awesome couple shows. Uh, it has been awesome, yeah. If di- you do say so yourself. <laughs> diving into what the, what the Lord has uh, for Lent. You know, Lent is a time that really fosters um, an invitation to reconsidering discipline and discipline is such a good means. It's probably the normal means by which we can be built up in character, mm-hmm. right. And built up mm-hmm. in virtue. Yeah. I had the opportunity just this week to, uh, to pour into formation with our first year missionaries as we kick off our leadership quarter and delivered a, a teaching, uh, identifying character as the foundation for leadership. And it was really the first time, you know, we talk about virtue all the time at Damascus, but it was the first time that we really sat down and said, okay, I need you to, we're going to list the four cardinal virtues and actually dive into each one Mm -hmm. explicitly understanding Mm -hmm. how this can and should apply to your life today. And it was, it was like one of those renewal of the mind moments where you see just like jaws drop and it's good every once in a while to, to experience that. Not from a from a standpoint of like, oh, here's some new like new perspective on theology mm-hmm. that's being shared with me, right? But just like this is this is truth. Yes, that's right. <laughs> this is truth. This and is an anchor depth. Yep. And uh, so I was I was I was excited about that. Yeah. Well, there's something about Lent that brings up like Amen. virtue to the forefront, right? Like yeah. it's like, hey, uh, here's the reminder season that the things in your life that you desire to do have to be done intentionally in order to be done, you know? <laughs> Just a reminder. Well, and it, I think it, it, it's actually silly because the reminders uh, of Lent are prayer, <laughs> fasting, and almsgiving. The calls of the Christian. Yeah, but it, it's actually really funny because the, the church is like, hey, remember, these are the three most important things, but most Christians would probably say prayer is the most important thing. They want to say prayer, fasting, and almsgiving are critical. And most Christians would probably say, yeah, I have a good prayer life, but they haven't even thought, do I have a good fasting life? Do I, <laughs> am I, do I have a strategy around almsgiving? And so yeah. the these next two episodes, like being relentless in fasting, being relentless in our almsgiving, I think is mm-hmm. yeah. they're really important because the, the church isn't like, hey, pray fast and, and, and give alms. Oh, but by the way, prayers prayer's the only one that really matters. <laughs> you know, like this is like, no, like, the, these three things are your course to growth and holiness. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and and so this is being intentional here on fasting in this episode, yeah. I think is great because I, I think sometimes we can forget this is, this was given to us in scripture and in the life of the church 
to actually matter. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Uh, friends, thanks for joining us. Beyond Damascus is the show where encounter meets mission and uh, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. These, like, these sit at the intersection of encounter with Jesus and our response and mission. And um, today, I, I am excited to, to lead, the, lead the show on, on fasting. I'll start with the story, all right? So Lou Engel is just like the, he, he holds the title of the boss of fasting, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Officially. Officially. My, my life and my experience of fasting was transformed when I, when I went to a, to a teaching with Lou Engel. He was here in Columbus. Actually, it wasn't in Columbus. It was at a, it was at a conference that I, I attended where Lou was there. And he was, uh, he was speaking to the crowd. Uh, we, we gathered, there was probably a group of 50, 60 people who were in this room. And um, I loved fasting in so much as I knew it was critical for a Christian's life. Um, but the reality was I, I know that whenever anybody mentioned fasting or whenever it came time for Lent, my mind would immediately jump toward, okay, how can I do this obediently, mm-hmm. but as simply and easily as possible, right? <laughs> how, can yeah. I, how can I do this in a way that it impacts me the least, mm-hmm. right? And uh, that sort of sense of anxiety would begin to well up the moment that somebody would mention fasting. And I only say that because I imagine that that probably is the reality with, that many of our, our listeners might experience. And um, I, I, went to, I went to this, this teaching and Lou Engel began by just describing his, his passionate love for fasting. And uh, my heart began to like burn inside of me. Mm-hmm. And then he looked out at the group and he identified a young woman who was sitting like two or three seats away from me. And he said, you, I can see in your eyes and in your heart that you have an intimacy with Jesus that's been fostered through your love for fasting. Isn't that true? And she like starts crying nodding her head and I was, I was filled with a holy jealousy (laughs) that like my love for this pursuit of virtue hasn't marked my life. Yeah. And, uh, it was, it was one of those moments where like I made this internal commitment that, wow, I, if this is close to the heart of Jesus, I needed to be, I needed to be close to mine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and I guess just to wrap up that, that quick testimony, I now, a number of years later, can can look back and say that was a transformative moment for yeah. me. And um, I I I would I will say honestly and authentically, like I I do love fasting mm-hmm. as a as a a beautiful response and invitation to entering into that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And my prayer uh, for for this community today is that in the course of this conversation, mm-hmm. that the Lord would foster that same kind of love in you that this would be a Lent season where we can relentlessly pursue fasting as a way that, that, that sets us up to receive from mm-hmm. the Lord everything that he has, uh, he has promised for us. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. Yeah, I, I, um, I, one of my first like, encounters with being awestruck by the call to fasting was actually with the Desert Fathers. And they just like, it's insane. It's like, they'll just go like, unbelievable amounts of days without food. Right. And like, <laughs> and, and, and I remember reading it kind of as if I would, um, I don't know, as, as in the same way that I would read some superhero story, like that's a, that's good for them. I'm glad that was amazing. You know, like they're superhuman, obviously. 
And then I started like diving into the lives of the saints shortly after my kind of like, um, kind of kick into high gear conversion that happened in yeah. college. And I started seeing these saints and all of their lives are marked by that. And it was just like, all of them have, have regular fasting in their lives. And, and I'm, I'm talking like lay people, religious and priests alike. Like in, it, it started a, like, uh, I don't know, it, it created in me similar to what you're saying, yeah. Aaron, a desire to be like, what is this supposed to look like for me? And it's been a journey. Like I, I don't, I still don't think I'm at the place that I desire to be, which is why Lent's good for me every yeah. year. But, um, but yeah, fasting, you were mentioning that earlier, Dan, like it's, it is a, it is a crucial component of the Christian life. Yeah. yeah? Well, I, I love fasting too, because I really love feasting. <laughs> and, <laughs> sure. and, and, uh, I like, like I actually like, our family, like when we fast together as a family, we feast so much better together as a family. Like feasting, if you live in constant gluttony, then a feast isn't a feast. It's just a constant gluttony, right? <laughs> but there's something about fasting that like, That's hey, we got to do this tonight. Like when like uh, the, the feast days, it, I'm sure if you're Catholic, mm-hmm. you love the feast of St. Joseph and St. Patrick because they fall in the middle of Lent and you're like, yes, I get to break my feet. Yeah, it's like yeah. 17 a.m., 19. <laughs> and, and there's something joyful about celebrating the Sabbath, the Lord's mm-hmm. Day, that this is Sunday and we break a fast on Sunday and we celebrate the resurrection mm-hmm. every Sunday. There's something joyful the, about mm. feasting and God doesn't want us just to fast. He wants us to feast. And, but feasting is, is so much more enjoyable, if you will, yeah. when, mm-hmm. when your life is simple, when there is detachment, when there is fasting. And when I think about a love, a love for fasting, I, I really love, um, communal fasting, yeah. that there's something mm-hmm. about bond, like bonding together that, Hey, we're doing this together for a purpose. Like, Unto because we, yeah, yeah, we have a desired outcome here and we're mm-hmm. in a, sacrifice a temporal good for this desired outcome. Mm-hmm. And it brings like such deep community. And, yeah. um, whereas I, I have a harder time with like individual fasting. There's mm-hmm. it's, it's sometimes it can become like uh, a mental game and the, that mental war mm-hmm. is harder. But when yeah. it's communal fasting, my, my mental war is like, uh, Oh, but this is like, we're doing this together. This is like, it almost becomes like, pleasant Mm -hmm. in in a, in a crazy way that the sacrifice becomes, uh, enjoyable and not, not, not fun, but enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, I right right now. So this is like Exodus 90 season for anybody who's engaged in that, in that particular fast. And this year, so I've participated in similar Mm -hmm. 90 day fasts leading up to Easter in the past. And this year I thought that it would be interesting uh, to invite my son Diggory into it. Yeah. So he and I are engaged in a, a modified version of a 90 day yeah. fast up until Easter. And yeah, Dan, to echo your point, um, fasting with community. And I would, I would maybe put an additional caveat in it, like close community. Yeah. Uh, just, it brings such a, such a sense of common, like common, uh, life yeah. Yeah. together. So uh, I, as you're talking about celebrating feasts, like I, I feel like I've I've often um, celebrated feasts well, but in this past you know 50 days working with Diggory, it's like the two of us really yeah. get to celebrate yes. together. Right. Yeah, and yeah. and it's just so fun. I've like I've I've never I've never um, I don't know I've I've not often enjoyed like enjoyed and looked forward to celebrating Sunday with my son. Yeah, as much as I have as a fruit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a revelation I had on a, a talk I gave 
maybe a year ago, I, I said something along the lines of, we can't realize that we lack nothing if we don't lack something. So like, it's, it's actually in the seasons where I'm lacking something that I see that God's still present there and that I lack nothing in Good. him. And so when I lack something, whenever he gives that back to me, I can actually receive it as a gift anew, you and know, enjoy it's it. like, and enjoy it. Yes. That's like, that's been the gift of, of fasting throughout the church's history. And that's why, like, I'm so convicted in this season that the church just has to get back to yeah. basics. We all just need to get back to basics. Like if, if we fast well in the Lenten season, we are doing it communally. I'm yeah. fasting with every Catholic in the world. That's amazing. I'm feasting on the feast days with every Catholic in the world. Yeah. And then outside of Lent, like the church asks us to fast on Fridays and it doesn't have to be a specific way, but everyone is called to in some way. And if, and I, I believe most of the church doesn't even do that anymore. If we could get back to that, then there's a communal aspect. It's like, Oh, Friday's going to be hard, but man, come Saturday, Lord's day into Sunday. Wow. There's going to be <laughs> something there for mm-hmm, me. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause your, your point is well taken, Dan. And I think it, it uh, it's something we should think about a lot is that when we live in a way that never lacks anything, we can't realize that God's actually the fulfillment of all desires because I never lack anything. It's only when I'm lacking something that I'm like, God still fulfills me even when I don't have that. So now I can receive it back as a gift, like I was saying earlier. Well, and if you're not celebrating the Lord's Day and if Sunday is just another day for you, it, mm-hmm. it, it could be because you're not fasting, right? That like it, it's the, like there is something, there's got to be something special. Like the Lord wants the Lord's Day to be a mini resurrection for us. Uh, or not just a mini resurrection, a resurrection yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure, us. Sure. It, it's a reminder. I mean, the whole, like the the church shifted the sabbath used to be on saturday right mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. church shifted to say hey we're no longer sabbathing on this day we're sabbath we're going to sabbath on this day because this is the day the lord rose from the dead and this is no it's no longer just a, a day of rest but it's also a day of resurrection and, and, yeah it's yes. like and so there's something about the the periods of fasting that give the Lord's day more credence. <laughs> yeah. New life only comes through death. So we, yeah. we identified, we identified prayer, fasting and almsgiving as mm-hmm. like the three tools that, that the church gives us as critical for forming ourselves as, as, as Catholics. Mm-hmm. And uh, to see these as like really our primary tool, you, you look through scripture and I think oftentimes, you know, we understand that fasting has has purpose and value, and that it's it's richly integrated in the history of our church. But when we when we see the example, even in Scripture, of the way that God speaks through fasting and the way that He guides His church through fasting, it's not just about reparation, right? That fa- fasting fasting has has tremendous um, impact. I, I got a, I got a little list going here, right? when we when we want to see breakthrough in prayer mm-hmm. in times when mm-hmm. when prayer hasn't been working right uh the one of the greatest examples of that is when when Jesus like Jesus grants his apostles all authority to to heal all diseases and to cast out all demons mm-hmm. and then he sends them into mission and they fail mm-hmm. and they come back and like Jesus this wasn't part of the equation yeah, right yeah you you said we could do this and now we and we couldn't Mm-hmm. And what's his response? He says, this kind can only be driven out with prayer and fasting. Yeah. Right. That there's actually, uh, there are situations and circumstances that we will face in our lives where God desires mm-hmm. breakthrough, but we need to enter into prayer and fasting yeah. in order to see it released. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, um, 
in, in times of brokenness and captivity, right? God actually invites us into seasons of fasting. Yeah. If, if you're experiencing brokenness or captivity mm-hmm. in your family or in your life, like this is a, this is a- Or sin patterns that you can't get out of. Yeah. yeah. Uh, protection. Um, I'll, I, I, we could talk about all these all day. Protection mm-hmm. for God to come. Like if we actually are exercising a place of hunger for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. um, fasting is a beautiful way to enter into that reality and to, and to um, partner with God in demonstrating and praying for a hunger for an outpouring of his spirit. And then for direction and even uh, not just for our own direction and discernment, but intentionally for the direction and the discernment of those who are leading us, right? Um, it's like all of these different areas that we see in, in scripture and through, and through salvation are ways that God has invited us to allow fasting to be that you know, tip of the spear that, that actually um, manifests the reality of these, these promises in prayer. Yeah, and you see, I mean, you see the Acts of the Apostles. the The early church they used prayer and fasting as as the 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 twofold way of which they made decisions and mm-hmm. sought the heart of God and sought the outpouring of God. And it, it wasn't it wasn't hey we're in a and so for some reason I think we we've lost that in the modern church that it was mm-hmm. prayer and fasting. You see it all through the Gospels, all through the Acts of the Apostles, and then in the modern church, it's really. What's God want? Well, we should pray about it. It's just we've we've yeah. we've completely neglected, other than the season of Lent, mm-hmm. fasting from the equation of the everyday Christian life. And um, to the extent that even though I know that it's part of the everyday mm-hmm. Christian life, it's still hard for me, like my the, to 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 know that this is it's a twofold reality. It's just it it's kind of falling yeah. wayside and it, I don't really know why it well, doesn't make even, sense. Even praying about it has come to mean thinking about it. Right. So when, <laughs> when, when like, when we're making decisions, it's like, I'm going to pray about that, which means ultimately I'm just going to sit down and think it through strategically. Yeah. You know, like when we lose, when we lose the concept of fasting, I, I, what I'm trying to say is when we lose the concept of fasting, I think sometimes we can lose the concept of prayer. Yeah. The reason they're meant to go hand in hand is because they, they both require a dependency. Yeah. They're like, when I'm hungry, I'm recognizing there's something that I like, like am craving or even need that I'm, that I'm not getting. So mm-hmm. Lord, I want to hunger for you in that same way. Same thing in prayer. Like when I partner that with prayer, it's like, whoa, that's the heart of intercession yep. is that there's, I'm missing something yep. and, and, mm-hmm. and you're the solution to that, you yeah. know? And so as, as we d- divorce and compartmentalize these different things, we actually lose the meaning of it all together. And I do think that we, as a, as a church, like in this the third millennia, like the millennia that John Paul II um, prophesied to be the millennia of reunity, we need to reunite these simple things, get back to basics, and then see how profound that can be. But yeah, I agree. So it's like, yeah, we're gonna pray about it. It's like, well, um, well, let's not just think about it. Let's pray and fast about it, and let's actually hope yeah. that God's desires are done, not ours. Yeah, I, I think I think a lot of times too, you know, we we've we've sort of compartmentalized our experience of engaging in a time of formation or discernment under the, under the umbrella of programs or retreats or meetings. Mm-hmm. And then there's sort of this expectation that, yeah, when you, when you host a retreat, you gotta, you gotta eat well, right? You've gotta, you've gotta convince them to come in the door with your, with your youth group feast. I know Dan, when we were running in youth ministry for a number of years, we, we tried a handful of times to do like a fasting retreat Mm-hmm. And it was always it's always difficult to mm. like be a cheerleader convince around that. people to engage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, we'll, we'll talk. About, I, I want to hit on a couple of those things a little bit as we go, but yeah. um, I want to invite us to maybe consider. Uh, a lot of times, it's easy to, it's easy to try to justify fasting as well. That's a logical conclusion that you could come to, right? That if I want, if I want my heart to be hungry and open, then maybe my body should be hungry too, because it can sure, elicit sure. some response. I, I want to toss all of that out, and let's just say let's. Let's exercise the mystery of obedience and seeing that when God calls us to something like this, we don't have to justify it by trying to explain <laughs> away why it works. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't matter if, if fasting is easy or hard for you. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether it fosters some emotional reality or not in you. Yes. Hopefully those things will come. And I, I think there's some, some ways to orient our hearts toward that as well. But the purpose of fasting is um, let me summarize kind of that that list that we just discussed. It's basically intercession, sensitivity, and discernment, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. On on one side, we've got we've got this this idea that yeah, when I want to when I want to um, pray with my with my whole body undivided, like I want I want what happens in my in my body to mirror what's happening in my heart. That that I'm gonna I'm mm-hmm. I'm wholeheartedly committed to this thing. And through intercession, like when we engage in fasting, that's a, that's a beautiful way to, to intercede powerfully. Um, and one that's modeled through, through scripture, sensitivity to God's presence, right? Sensitivity to God's, God's voice in prayer. And then, uh, and then actually instructing us in times of discernment. And then on the, on the penitential side, you know, St. Ignatius really leads us well mm-hmm. in seeing that fasting is one of the most appropriate ways of responding in penance, in reparation for sin, in finding a greater dominion over our body or in seeking a particular grace that we're hungry for. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm sure that's not an exhaustive list, but we've got like on one side, these very outward, almost evangelical uh, expressions where fasting is critical. And then on the other side, we've got these internal things where fasting is also critical in yeah. transforming me. Yeah. Well, I would argue prayer the same way. Yeah. That what God is doing in both is that he, he's creating in us a desire for more like of him in the world and a desire of more of him in us, right? It's holiness and mission ultimately, like even prayer, right? So I want to go right back to fasting, but prayer like Lexio Divina. Okay. I am, what does this mean to me? How does this scripture relate to my life? Liturgy of the hours, very outward. It doesn't matter what that means to my life. These are the prayers that have been laid out for millennia that I pray here. You know, it's, it's yeah. not, I'm not sitting there saying, okay, what do you mean by Psalm 91 to me, Lord? No, I'm chanting Psalm 91 to you. It's, it, there's an outward Good. expression and an inward expression in my prayer life. Same thing with fasting. Outwardly, Lord, I pray that these things would manifest because of this discipline I'm entering into. Internally, I, I, I seek this and that, right? Because it's always come and go, right? The entire gospel, come and see where he lay. Go therefore and make disciples. Holiness, become whole here. Mission, make whole out there, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I agree 100% that the fasting elements, a lot of times we'll just go reparation route or we'll just go, well, I'm a fleshful being who needs to hunger. It's like, you no, know, Lord, the Lord demanded this for so many reasons. And there's a, an ability to like love him more when we see all of the things he does through fasting. Yeah, good. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. So Saint Ignatius again is a is a huge. He kind of kind of really drives a lot of the spirituality that we see in the church expressed through 
through fasting as a means of penance. Um, and again, my 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 prayer and my hope at the beginning of this of this conversation was that our hearts would begin to be moved. Um, so I want to I want to kind of direct us and give us a little guidance. Um, he makes a distinction that I think is really important for us to see between fasting and temperance, right? Between uh, penitential fasting and a and a, a temp, I guess, an expression of temperance that that I think oftentimes we confuse, and maybe because we confuse, we might be missing missing the mark, or or not seeing the fruit that that we could see in our lives. And the difference that he that he that he draws in distinction is that temperance is the sacrifice of something that is a luxury, whereas fasting is the sacrifice of something that would typically be considered critical or necessary, right? So, um, you know, I, I think back to all of the fasts that I would often engage in during Lent as a kid, and it was always like, I will fast from chocolate, right? Chocolate is not necessary for your life. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's a beautiful, and, and I, I don't want to draw uh, a judgment here, right? That's a, that's a beautiful act. And I don't know, maybe there are some people for whom chocolate I, is I necessary. I love that how chocolate's always the example, too, with Lent. Like, how did, <laughs> like, how did that happen? Like, well, I think it does go to your point that we, we're, we have everything at our fingertips all the time. Give us a the day, chocolate used to be like a delicacy, chocolate. but it, <laughs> now I can have it every day. Yeah, yeah. I need chocolate all the time or I can't survive. Um, so I guess what I mean to say is that both are, both are good and both are, are necessary, in fact. Um, and both will build you in virtue. But uh, if we've limited our, our expectation of ourselves to maybe if, you know, Brad, Dan, mm-hmm. Aaron, fasting, you know, this, this may be something that's blessed you, but, but little old me, um, if I can manage chocolate for a week, then I'll be in good shape. Yeah. Uh, I think you may be selling yourself short, mm-hmm. right? So, so let's clarify terms from the get-go that, that St. Ignatius, that Jesus that the church is calling us to real fasting of which you are capable and for which you will, you will experience tr- transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and it's funny too. I don't know where that, where that shift happened, Dan, I bet we could look through history to see somewhere, but like there was a time, perhaps the majority of time yeah. when you said fasting, you meant you don't eat. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. there was no food entering your body. And even even what we see in the context of the church today, that like our typical expectation for fasting is, well, you know, what is it? Two normal meals, two small meals, yeah, right, so, right, 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 two right, small right. meals and one large meal. I'm like, yeah. wait, and that <laughs> breakfast and lunch are supposed to be smaller than dinner. Yeah, so like, yeah, isn't yeah, that yeah, just yeah. a normal day? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So congratulations, you get to do nothing. Well, yeah. <laughs> if, well, if I can, if I can, like contextualize a little bit about what you're saying there, I think. And this will come back up in almsgiving, I'm sure. But when I um, was in college, I went on a spring break trip to Trenton, New Jersey. And Trenton's one of the more dangerous cities in the country. And I was working on creating resumes for previously incarcerated people. So people that were coming out of prison um, and they needed resumes to get jobs. And I was helping them develop um, like resumes for that. Ultimately, at uh, the conclusion of the day, we would have like a retreat at night and we would hear from people just uh, different messages and formation teachings. One of the formation teachings, I don't even remember what it was on, but the line that I want to share that I want to like echo your sentiments and St. Ignatius' sentiments, Aaron, with is uh, during this teaching, he said that we in the church today would 
uh, well, oh man, I don't want to paraphrase, but I think I'm going to have to. But he said, like, in the church today, we would be able to go so much further, so much faster if we learned again what it was like to give from our sustenance and not just our surplus. And it, it literally, I, like, I just remember it. I remember that and I've implemented it into so many of my own teachings and preachings. But like, there is a difference between sustenance and surplus. Like when I give up chocolate, again, if you've given up chocolate for Lent, great, keep doing that. But like, there is a reality where that's giving of surplus. That is, that is something extra that I do like and probably partake in more than I maybe desire to. And so I can give that surplus up. But what's, what's the part of the sustenance I'm called to give up, yeah. right? Like that's where we're getting at with like the, the two small meals and one bigger meal. It's like, whoa, but if I give up today, like eating, like that's not just extra stuff, yeah. that's needed stuff, yeah. you know? And there is something about when we do something that gives from sustenance, where it, it changes us in a different way than just surplus. And again, we'll talk about that with almsgiving. That's true with prayer, but yeah, definitely true. That's awesome. I love that. that yeah. I, I've, I mean, you hear that often with almsgiving or with finances. Yes. You don't hear that often with food, you yeah. know? And like, yeah. I, I think it is, it is real to this distinction you're making, Aaron, that I, there, how many of our fasts are just giving up surplus mm-hmm. and how are we actually, um, which, which ironically hurts us so bad. Right. Like it's like, I, wait, I'm just giving up all the things I don't even yes. need. Which is uh, temper, yeah. which is what we should be doing anyway. If we're exercising temperance, yeah. which I think is your point, yeah. Aaron is like, yeah. in my life, I should be cutting off yeah. some well, surplus all the time. And how, how do I know this is true? Because I would like all of you was an expert at doing it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, because our minds are so quick that, yeah, the minute, the minute that my fast becomes giving up meat on Fridays. This is, this is why in her wisdom, the church has mm-hmm. actually pulled us away from that strict abstinence yeah. fast mm-hmm. for Fridays, because how easy is it? Like, yeah. well, fantastic. I just yeah. so happen to love this amazing fish place yeah. down the road. Yeah. Right. That, or great. Like Friday is sushi night. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. okay, well, well You're right. welcome to your fast. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I do. I mean, I'm at the parish fish fry. Sometimes I'm like, this is the best meal of the week. Yeah, like, yeah, like, why yeah. is this so good? Right, right. <laughs> well, there's something there too. Like, um, we, we have to be willing to call ourselves to more, not less. Yeah. Like I am convinced that the church today, we don't ask too much of our people. Like, and I'm not talking mother church. I'm talking about us holding each other accountable in the pews. Like us three, for example, right? I'm convinced that we're, we're asking too little, not too much of each other. Because when we ask more, you're invested more, right? Like when you give more, you receive more. That's, that's the mystery of the faith, right? Yeah. And so the more that we, like even this conversation right now is inspiring me to think like, man, I actually didn't achieve that part of my fast for Lent last week. And there was no excuse for that, right? And that's a good thing because yeah. it's like, no, I need to go back and get on the horse and do that thing because- yeah. There's more for me. So in reparation, because you didn't do it last week, Brad, you have to walk. Take home. the discipline. Yeah, yes. yeah. We'll, we'll I must beat take you the after discipline. this show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> take the dis- I want to reroute us in uh, uh, in the words of Saint John Paul II. Yeah, Here that'd probably be okay. better than taking the discipline. I would like to Brad. emphasize, he says, that the church's penitential discipline, even though it has been mitigated for some time, <laughs> cannot be abandoned without grave harm, both to the interior life of the individual Christian and of the ecclesial community, and also to their capacity for missionary influence. That's a big deal. Christian penance takes as its model Christ, who, though he was innocent, 
chose the path of poverty, patience, austerity, mm-hmm. and one who can say the penitent or one can say the penitential life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know what I'm quoting. He's a reconciliation and penance. Maybe that's a letter that he wrote. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love that, that connection. It cannot be abandoned without grave harm to both the interior life of the individual mm-hmm. to the ecclesial community and also to your capacity for missionary influence. Right. If you're willing to sacrifice those things, by all means, uh, I know I'm not. Mm-hmm. Right. And in in areas where where I have been hungry for transformation, like it usually fits in one of those three categories. I'm hungry to see my own my own heart, my own interior life be transformed. I'm hungry to see breakthrough in this community of Damascus or the Catholic Church and my parish mm-hmm. or wherever. And I'm hungry to see missionary influence continue to grow. Like, um, there's not a there's not a whole lot more that's captured in this. And and he identifies, yeah, it's this it's this commitment, recommitment to a penitential discipline mm-hmm. um, that that holds the key here. Mm-hmm. And it bolsters your point earlier that like it's actually developing me, and it's developing the needs of the church. Yeah. Right. That internal and external reality, that holiness and mission. Well, I think it's the <clears throat> obedience that you're talking about too, Aaron. The, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't that the disciples were confused when they couldn't drive out the demon because they had driven out, um, because they had never driven out demons. They were confused when they went back to Jesus because they had already been sent out and had driven out demons. And now they were, they're like, wait, but why wasn't this like we weren't successful here? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, this one, like this one, requires much prayer and fasting. That there's, yeah. there, there's yeah. a, uh, there are, I don't want to say levels, but there are levels of breakthrough, right? Like, yeah. there's degrees by which breakthrough happens, and mm-hmm. um, we 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 are only getting the shallow waters, not the deep waters, because mm-hmm. we're only putting in a shallow effort sometimes, mm-hmm. and the persistence and the consistency of prayer and fasting are what bring mm-hmm. the deeper layers of breakthrough, yeah. uh, whether that's in our interior life or in our ministry life, our missional yeah. life, as, as he's saying. And, mm-hmm. and so we're, you know, if, if we want in mission to see greater breakthrough, it's going to require greater sacrifice yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So I think, I think we've done a fine job of starting with why. Um, now, what, what and how like mm-hmm. how do how do we do this as as christians as as young adults in today's church yeah in a in a way that in a way that will bear fruit um i think i think this is a good question for us and uh i, I would root us in the fact that like this isn't this isn't an optional thing mm-hmm. if we're not if we're not convinced that there's great value in it mm-hmm. let us be convinced by the fact that this is a precept of the church. That's right. Right. When you call yourself Catholic, you commit to this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and not just during Lent that it's a, this is so like at the end of Lent, I want to say, okay, Lent's over. I'm not going to pray anymore. (laughs) Right. Right, Like, and so this is a season of intentionality to help form the lifestyle. So yeah, the the fourth precept says you shall observe the prescribed days of fasting Mm -hmm. and abstinence. Um, this ensures the times of ascesis, which are which is self-discipline, mm-hmm. and penance, which prepares you for liturgical feasts and helps us to acquire mastery over our instincts and freedom of heart. That's right. So, uh, so the church holds 
prescribed days of fasting and abstinence, specifically uh, Ash Wednesday, Good Friday, the entire season of Lent minus feast days, mm-hmm. and every Friday, which right. which should model for us the the Paschal mystery on a weekly basis. That's right. Well, and I think again, we've done well to build out the why. Your question was like, how do we approach this, yep. right? I, I really do think the sustenance surplus thing works. Like what sustains you through your day that's not the Lord? And how can you offer that at certain times, right? Like sometimes, like I, I think Lent is a great time for us. And I think this gets a bad rap sometimes, but like we're using media a lot. Okay, is that sustaining you? Is that sustaining you in your car rides? Is that sustaining you when you're doing the dishes? Is yeah. that sustaining you when you're taking your showers in the morning? If there's something that's sustaining you that's not God, remove that for a while. Like that is fasting. You are literally taking something that's sustaining you that's not the Lord and saying, Lord, I want you to sustain me, right? Like that, that's amazing. Same thing with food. Like maybe I'm just in this place where I'm like, man, I just, I eat at the same time every single day. I'm in this like, this rhythm. I, I look forward to those. I need those. Yeah. Like when you start using those languages, it's like, if I need that, let me see what it's like for me to offer that because it's good to offer those things that sustain us in the name of letting the Lord sustain us there. So I think a great question, maybe you're even like decently into Lent now and you're like, I don't know if I've even really approached fasting. That's okay. Like there's still part of the season left and there's every Friday after this. So start asking yourself, what's sustaining you that's not the Lord? Start with one thing, remove that and put the Lord there. Instead of listening to podcasts during your shower, Pray the Jesus prayer. Think about the scripture of the day. Think about the saint of the day and what their life might've been like. Like just implement something. I, I think that is a huge start. Good. Dan, you got anything for there? Uh, of what? The what and the how? Yeah. <clears throat> um, I think pick a day. Uh, you know, like I, a Friday is is the day that the, the church is asking us to fast. So mm-hmm. make sure that every Friday you're doing something. And there's this, uh, there's this trend that they're like, I don't know, I've I've heard this preached more than I've heard. Literally, I've heard it said more than I've heard to do something extra than to do without. Like, I don't know why that's a trend, but everyone's always like, yeah, so like maybe instead of fasting from away from something, you should just add this extra thing into your life. And it's like, well, no, no, no. Fasting is to do without. Mm. <laughs> it's like, and it's like we're trying to like rewrite what fasting is. And like just go without meals uh on Friday or go without mm-hmm. like whatever on but and I have I have found a strict fast on Fridays hard because yep. Friday night um in our American culture is often a night of celebration. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not going to fast from dinner on a date with my wife, right? Like it's sure, just, sure. it's just a choice I've made. Like even sure. it's just awkward. Like yeah. that's a way that we go out and we celebrate. And so, mm-hmm. um, and, and like it, Friday nights are a fun family night for us. So it's yeah. usually my fast is not going into the evening on Friday. Mm-hmm. So that means if I want a longer fast, then I need a different day. Right. And so that yeah. doesn't mean that I fast from nothing on Friday, but I have found Wednesday is is a day that usually nothing's happening and it's just a great day for an all day yeah. fast. And, um, and so I think, but understanding, okay, I'm actually going to make a, it, it's, it's a virtue as you start off, Aaron, a, a good habit of doing this and to do it, a habit it has to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's good that you mentioned maybe picking, picking a day. Um, I, I would, 
encourage, like the human side of me wants to encourage if there's anybody who's listening to the show. And I imagine there are some who would say, okay, like what you guys are saying sounds nice, but it's impossible. I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that, I, I think identifying the fact that, okay, you know, if not picking a day, picking a meal, like, yeah. Um, yeah. picking a part of the day to begin, to begin to build a habit. Um, yeah. It, it's funny every once in a while, uh, where, where we actually see the alignment of like secular wisdom and church wisdom. Yeah. Fasting super popular right and that, now. And that is yeah. happening yeah. for whatever reason in this, in this particular age that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, look up intermittent fasting on online or, mm -hmm. uh, we can, we can tag in the show notes, our favorite intermittent fasting. <laughs> yeah, thing. sure. And, and you'll see that like fasting is fasting from food is healthy for the human body. Right. Um, it's something that, that actually, that actually fosters the health of an individual mm -hmm. clarity of mind. Yeah. And when we, um, I, I read a great, a great book. I, I'll, I'll mention it. Uh, but know that I'm not whole hog supporting it. It's called eat. I'm sorry, pray fast feast. Mm -hmm. And the, is it eat mm, something like that? The, uh, the, the book focuses on, on this idea of, of tackling some of the, mm -hmm. uh, some of the assumptions that we've made about fasting and suggests that for those individuals who would say fasting seems impossible or fruitless for me, that's because in America in general, all of us suffer from an addiction to, to sugar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and when I choose to fast, oftentimes what I'm experiencing is the physical manifestation of breaking my addiction to sugar. To withdrawal. A withdrawal from sugar as opposed to the grace that can come from actually depriving, denying my body, yeah. uh, uh, you know, pleasure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it was really neat just as a, as a side testimony. So, so the, the book offers like a, a 40 day Lenten fast option where it basically, you, you cut sugar out of your diet completely with the goal of at the end of 40 days, realizing what a fast without sugar addiction feels like. And the, the fruit of that was that a, a complete three day fast at the end of 40 days is entirely doable because you don't experience like the, hey, it's been four hours since I've eaten and I'm suffering from a, from a pounding headache, right? That's not the way that the human body is supposed to, right. is supposed to operate. Well, we've actually, it's actually been written in us to fast and feast. So yeah. like even think about when we were first, you would go out and kill what you were going to eat, right? So you would fast it. You didn't have food in the morning. You went and you, you hunted and gathered and then you ate it later. Like yeah. there's actually, it's just always funny to me how the natural and the supernatural work out. Like the Lord has asked us in faithfulness to him to fast and feast. Also, like biologically, we were wired to fast and feast. Well, of course, because we're body, mind, soul composites. Like the Lord, the Lord is trying to integrate us into wholeness unto him. Like that's always what he's after. And so like, I do think that I, I, what am I getting convicted about? I think that there's just <laughs> like, um, it's, I've it's, never it's, seen you do that before. Uh, you just asked yourself, what yeah. am I getting convicted well, about? It's because I, yes. I, I'm noticing that something here bothers me. Do it. I, I do think it. what I think, what, Lord I, Jesus. I just, I just do think that what bothers me is that we have lowered the bar of expectation yeah. so dramatically low that the world's bar is transcending it. 
That's insane. Yeah. Like that does bother me. It bothers me that like, yeah, hey, we're the bar. church that's been entrusted with fasting and feasting yeah. and the world is teaching it more wholeheartedly and passionately than we are. Yeah. It's like, no, that's just not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's the same thing with the health of the body, right? Like yeah, we're entrusted yeah. with it and the world is far superior yeah. to us in the health. The, I, I, I too, I mean, cause so much of fasting, especially when you're getting into it is a, it's a mental game. And I find that my fasts are so much more meaningful when there's a target. And so like having a community fast for something it, mm -hmm. like for an, an intercession, it just, there's like a fire inside of me that gets lit. And so I think the, um, making sure it, it like, I mean, I, I guess you can just fast to fast, but we don't really pray to pray. Like there's, there mm -hmm. is the virtue of prayer liturgy, right? Sure. Like what you were talking about earlier, mm -hmm. but there's, so there's the virtue of fasting, but I think there's, there's usually a target to prayer and having a, a, a solid target to our fasting really mm -hmm. is helpful. And I, I don't know if that gets taught enough during Lent even. It's just mm -hmm. like, well, pray just so you don't like, I mean, fast so that you grow willpower so you overcome sin. And yeah. that's not the only reason to fast. Like, no, it's it, like the worst reason. <laughs> but there, yeah, I mean, because like there's there's real purpose of intercessory fasting yeah. and it, it it carries mm -hmm. like incredible power yeah. in, in your intercessory prayer. And, and your prayer life becomes so much stronger when it's attached to your fasting. Why life. is that? Why do you think? Like, um, I think you're more aware of it. So like, because prayer mm -hmm. can be very, uh, when you're sacrificing in the flesh, mm -hmm. your spirit comes alive to say, wow, you really want this. Let's go after it. But when I'm laying, like when I'm laying on my couch, just praying, there's not, yeah. there's not as much fervor. That's why the yeah. moment I get on my knees and start praying, something happens that there's yeah. more fire because the body's saying, Oh, you, this prayer is important. So you're on your knees. Boom. I'm going to, I'm going to focus good, more. Good. And I think the word we're looking for is integration, right? Yeah. That when yeah. we, when we integrate the body and the spirit that, that we're able to give our whole self. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and mother church is trying to set us up for that. Yeah. Like sometimes we just overlook the tremendous grace that the church is. The church wants you to live in a healthy and whole and fulfilling way. And, and because of that, she prescribes to you that which would be good for your body, mind, and yeah. soul. And, and when, we, when we lose emphasis on that because we're fearful of losing people, right? Because that's the only reason you ever lower the bar is because you're afraid people will walk away from the challenge. I've seen the exact opposite. Like when you present a challenge in an authentic way that says, I'm not giving this to you and slacking on my end, but I'm giving this to us to do together. It always works. Yeah, good. It always works. And fasting, I think, is like maybe the... Um, it just maybe the ultimate uh, example of that. Like if yeah. we can get back to saying, Hey, let's go without, because there's something greater here. There's power there. Can we, can we speak just because there's also so many unhealthy habits that Absolutely. people uh, have? Can we speak on how to do this in a healthy way? Yeah. I, I was thinking, so there's like a, if I were to, if I were to give three, three pointers at the, at the kind of to wrap the show up, the first would be that um, fasting is not optional. So like you have to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, if that if 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 you need to be reminded of that quote from Saint John Paul II, like you have to do this for yourself, <laughs> for the church, for your family, and for and for your mission. Mm -hmm. Period. End of story. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it is the fourth precept of the church for a reason. Um, number two, let's foster intentionality. That that like don't waste your suffering. That's the worst thing to do. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Uh, uh, you know it, if 
the the minute you realize that um hey i might i might not i might not be able to break for lunch today like let that be the moment where you decide okay lord let me partner with you yeah. to actually make this intentional as opposed to just being hungry like what a waste yeah mm-hmm. so 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 be be deliberate and then the third piece i would say is is know yourself right um i i i do i do rag on it a little bit that you know oftentimes I love when somebody, and I've done this myself again. I'm gonna, I'm gonna engage in a bread and water fast, right? Yeah. And then I, and then I go and make the most luxurious. <laughs> yeah, bread yeah, is incredible. Yeah. I, I, I would willingly choose to live on bread alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so bread and water it doesn't doesn't do the trick for me. Um, but but know yourself. Yeah. Right. Uh, a a multi day, uh, a multi day fast from food periodically is, is a really good thing for many, for many Christians. Um, I think setting your sights on like a two or a three day fast in the, in the tradition of the church mm-hmm. would be, a, would be a very appropriate goal to set. Um, and I would say in, in the midst of that, know yourself, but don't lower your bar. So if, uh, if truly you're in a place where, yes, I'm engaged in a rigorous uh, physical exertion of activity mm-hmm. that I need X number of calories a day or my, you know, or I will collapse, yeah. then great, fantastic. Like, yeah. that's not the reality for, for the majority of, mm-hmm. of humans. Yeah. And if that's you, then, then know it. Likewise, if, if I realize that, okay, in my, in my past or in my, in my experience, like that, I have a tendency toward, uh, toward um, self-destructive habits, right? Toward a, toward abuse of myself, or toward uh, food-related um, mental illnesses yeah. or insecurities. Like, then a food fast is probably not going to be the way that Jesus wants to call you into into engaging here. But right. there's there's a whole there's a whole heck of a lot of other options that that the that the Lord has given us to be yeah. able to actually make that sacrificial gift. Is that what you were looking for, Dan? Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Like I, 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 if if not careful, if you are inclined to unhealthy food habits, this could lend itself to becoming a way to justify an unhealthy food habit. And so yeah. we don't, mm-hmm. we like the Lord loves your body, <laughs> and, right. and and he he and so he wants he wants health and wholeness for us. And this isn't an excuse to walk outside of his design for you. Well, yeah, and I, again, I I just echo to to just add to everything you guys are saying, like, let's get back to the basic understanding that the orientation of fasting is that anything we perceive to be as necessary as the Lord can be set to the side. Okay. So like anything in my life, and for some people it is food for other people, it is drink for some people it is caffeine or something like that. But like anything that I think is sustaining me based on my own, just examine of my life. Yep. Fasting is giving that up to say, God, I need you more than that. Yep. And so, of course, if you're in a place like where, um, where there's like, yeah, like a, a wrestle with your relationship with food, well, don't go there yet. Just say, what is sustaining me? Maybe your Instagram is. 
And maybe you can set that aside and maybe that'll help some of the insecurities that allows food to be back on the table later. Like, like the Lord is in it for the integration of us, which is why fasting is prescribed, which is why we should be passionate about it because Lord, I need you more than anything else. And when I start seeing how much I need you, I see how you see me. And then all of a sudden we're, we're in a different different place. The, the final uh, direction I might offer just to close, similar to what we talked about in last week's episode on, on prayer, we need to do this both intentionally through discipline. I guess it's always discipline, but mm-hmm. intentional set aside times and also spontaneous opportunities. So mm-hmm. um, my hope for each of our listeners, I hope for myself, my hope for my family, my hope for you guys is that like that fasting would be something that that actually puts a smile on your face and, and brings you to a place of joy. And I know for myself, those um, less frequent times of intentional and intense fasting are very meaningful. But the majority of my experience of fasting happens in a, in a moment when somebody offers me, you know, sure. Hey, would you like a taste of my pizza? Yeah. And, or, uh, you know, Hey, this coffee's amazing. Would you like, would you like to taste yeah. it? And I'm like, yeah, I would, I would love to wait. Yeah. I'm okay. Thanks this, for is, this is the moment where yeah. I'm going to choose to partner with the Lord here. It's not because I, I need to, yeah. but it's because I'm willingly choosing to. And I find for myself, uh, in similar ways to what I've experienced in various types of personal prayer that like, it's those, it's those intimate and secret moments mm-hmm. that, that, my heart is just flooded with, with a joy of like, this is what it's like to live in relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Just in, in that moment, like Brad, like you said that, yeah, I would, I would love, I would love to, I would love to taste this right now. I'd love to experience this right now, but I'm going to intentionally choose just to make a statement with my body, mind, and heart right now that Jesus, you're enough. Yes. Yeah. And why is it that, that like, why is it that we lose sight of how beautiful a no can be? Mm-hmm. You know, that like, man, saying no allows my other yeses to matter more. Like when I can say no, I'm all of a sudden like, whoa, like if I can say no here, Lord, then anything that draws me from you, I can say no to. And it allows my yes to you to resound yeah. even in moments. So, yeah. Yeah. Just pointing out a few biblical things too. I think it's the John Paul II quote, Aaron, you, you referenced it. The lack of fasting can hurt our mission. Yeah. And you notice that Jesus, he goes into the 40 day me- fast prior to launching into his mission. So the, mm-hmm. the eruption of grace that comes into his mission is uh, to some extent linked with uh, mm-hmm. his fasting. And, yeah. um, and the spirit and then, leads him there. Yeah. I mean, that's huge too. So there's the ministry component. And then we all, we do talk a lot about, you know, breakthrough or self-discipline and, but in the Acts of the Apostles, you actually see them fasting when they're trying to make a decision and um, that it is, the prayer and the fasting that helps them come to a conclusion of what God's will for them is. And I don't think we do that ever. Um, where asking the Lord, okay, Hmm. we're trying to decide, well, you know, should I buy this house? Should I buy this car? Should I send my kid to this college? Should I go to this college? What vocation am I called to? Um, I've never heard a vocations director. So not that they aren't, but it's just not part of the common dialogue to say it, it, if you want to hear God speak to you about your vocation fast and hmm. um, because it's, it's a clear principle that we see the early yeah. church use, utilizing for decision-making. And uh, I think it's gotta be a part of our decision-making. Yeah. Beautiful. 
Um, one final, uh, one final thought in closing, just because it's on my heart as as I'm kind of conversing with the Lord, wrapping up the show. Uh, don't underestimate yourself. Uh, I, I've experienced in my own life, and I've heard testimony from from men and women who have seen incredible breakthrough through engaging in the type of fast that they would have thought impossible. Um, it is it is possible to to fast like Jesus. His the the forty day fast in the desert is not hyperbole. Um, there have been there have been many men and women over the course of history and today who have effectively engaged in very meaningful life-giving 40-day fasts, right? Or 30-day or 20-day or 10-day fasts. I'm not one of them. Not yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> well, maybe this message is for you, Dan. Uh, enter into conversation with a, with a spiritual director or with someone who you really trust mm-hmm. who can help to shepherd you in a way. And, and I guess my, my recommendation, and I, I speak from, from the way that it's transformed my heart in engaging in uh, an intentional fast that I times of intentional fast that I would previously have considered impossible. Yeah, absolutely. To see the just the the transformative effect that it's had, um, it's that that type of expression is not for everybody. Yeah. But it but it it's not for nobody. Yep. And it may be and it may be for you. Mm-hmm. That's good. So, friends, thanks for joining for today's show. Uh, once again, this is this is taking a relentless pursuit toward the understanding of fasting um uh understanding this this is not a this is not an option this is a mandate mm-hmm. understanding that i've got to to pursue this with intentionality um understanding that i've got to know myself and then finally understanding that i can i can make this not only a special discipline mm-hmm. but an everyday opportunity to spontaneous spontaneously engage mm-hmm. in relationship with the lord my prayer for you today is that this would bear fruit in your life, that this would produce joy in your life, and that you'd experience a transformation in your heart for fasting in this Lenten season. God bless you, friends. It's good to have you here on Beyond Damascus. I want to thank our uh, friends and sponsors at St. Gabriel Radio who helped make this show possible. And we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. God bless.